Hey, uh, rise is one, Buttes. Time for a standing ovation. Uh, one of the greatest wheelchair tennis players yeah. of all time and Central Coast local, David Hall, joining us. Good morning, mate. Good morning, boys. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, we're well. And I tell you, my week, I've still been recovering from that late night on Sunday watching Rafa up against Medvedev. What a game of tennis. Uh, I've got to be honest, I went to bed after the fourth set because I thought this won't finish till about 1.30am and Rafa gets the job done in five. Uh, I sent Butte a text during the night that the great ones, they never, ever roll over. You're talking about a 20-time Grand Slam yeah. winner going for 21. When you're two sets down, you just don't fold up your cards and take off. Like, you are going to fight tooth and nail and that's what we saw from Rafa. Yeah, what can you say about Rafa? Like, I, I could bring up so many boxing analogies. You know, he was on the ropes. He was down for the count. Uh, the way he lost that second set, like, I thought, I thought, oh, he's in trouble here because he was yeah. leading. He was ahead the whole set, had to break a serve. It looked like he was going to win that set and it was going to be a set all. And then he loses it in the breaker. And I thought, oh, man, this is a long way back. Yep. Like, in this moment, you know, Grand Slam final, you've got Medvedev who's playing very well. And, like, you think of it, it took him another three and a half hours to, to turn that around, to, to actually end up winning 7-5 in the fifth. And that is, you would have to say it's one of Rafa's best ever wins. Yeah, I have no doubt about that, Holly. And it probably takes you back to rope-a-dope where maybe Medvedev was a dope. And after hearing his press conference after the match, he probably sounded like one when he's blaming the crowd. So that's up against George Foreman. Yes, correct. And I just, but you know what, mate? I've got to say, after the second set, I turned it off, right? And I could stop Winks, to be honest. If, all right, if Winks was racing on a donkey, the donkey would win because I'd be back on Winks. But I just, it was unbelievable. I turned it off. I just went, there is no way after what he did in that, how hard he had to work in that second set, but to still lose it. Right, I just went, you know what, that's got to crush yeah. any man. But I wake up the next morning to see that he... And this is why he is, you know, he's won 21 Grand Slams and he's, you know, stands alone. Yeah, let's right go back there. to the studio. Let's just relive that moment when Rafael Nadal clinches Grand Slam title number 21. To create history, 13 years after winning his first ever Australian Open. He's been the bridesmaid a few times. Can he be the winner again? Backhand by Medvedev at the middle. Big off forehand by Nadal. He's on the stretch there, Medvedev. Beautiful volley by Nadal. He's done it. He's done it. In one of the most spectacular tennis matches that I've ever witnessed. The comeback is one for the ages. A 35-year-old who never knows how to give up. Yeah, there we go. I want to talk about Medvedev in a few moments' time, but let's relive this moment. And I've got to say, I called it on Saturday night. We were loving this match. My son, Corey, and my wife, Sharon, uh, we were on the edge of our seat through the game. But mm. when Ash Barty was down 1-5, I actually said, I think she can win this in two sets. And wow, what a performance by the Aussie. First time in over 40 years. Uh, the house was rocking. Yvonne Gulagon Corley came out for the presentation. Doesn't that get was, much better. That was just such a beautiful touch. Here's the moment where Ash wins the Aussie Open. Here we go. Four championship points. 
Now Collins will put the serve into play to the Barty chip return up the middle. Collins went cross-court at the back end. Ash digs it out. Collins looking to go up the line. Ash on the forehand cross-court. She's done it. She's done it. Ash <laughs> <laughs> Barty wow. has broken the drought of 44 years. She is the Australian Open champion. Yeah. What I'm going to tell you. to save her. <laughs> Some raw... <laughs> Emotion from Ash that we don't always get to see. Wow. That was the only emotion she showed. Hey, uh, that's why we love working for SEN, Sports Entertainment Network. He's done a great job, that commentator, but... <laughs> it's, mate, like, it's like a race caller. Yeah, he was on something there. I don't know what it was. He was going 100 mile an hour. But that's you've got to call the game because people can't see it. Uh, Hawley, what a performance. You know what, mate? She absolutely dominated the entire tournament. Like, every game. In fact, the only period where she was in trouble or appeared to be in trouble, was those four or five games in that second set there where Collins just sort of gained a little bit of ascendancy, but she was able to compose herself, which she is so good at. She just collects her thoughts, gets back into the game, and, mate, it was probably the most deserved uh, Grand Slam win for any Australian, and she'd broken a 42-year drought. 44. 44-year drought for the Australians. What, what an amazing <laughs> performance, and her, humi- and her humility is second to none. Yeah, that's it, Butes, and I think that's the wonderful thing about her, that she is so humble, and I think Australians do love a humble champion. I think it does. I think it does mean yep. a lot, and like I, I did say before this match, I thought this would be about Ash's serve and nerve. And she did both brilliantly. Even when Collins mm. came back in that second set, she just, she held a nerve. You know, she didn't panic. And then when she could claw her way back and get it into a breaker, she pretty much just had all the momentum, like, yep. going on from there. And then, like, even winning match point, and she just screams. Like, it was like a, you know, a release of relief and I did it and now I'm the Australian Open champion and I don't have to worry about that particular kind of pressure uh, for the rest of my career. Now I can just focus on winning the US Open, trying to get that that four Grand Slam set, which to be honest, you know, not many women have done that in, in the hundred years of, of all four Grand Slam tournament tennis. Just think of this. Only nine women have ever won all the slams in their mm. career. We've got Maureen Connolly, Shirley Fry, Doris Hart from back in the 50s. Then we've got Margaret Court, Billie Jean King, Chris Evert, Navratilova, Navrat- Sharapova, and Serena. That's it. Mm. No one else. And that's, that's a long, that's 100 years worth of Grand Slam tennis. There's only nine women. I think Ash... Yeah, she could do it at the U.S. Open uh, and complete that set. I tell you, that's illustrious company. Oh, and yeah. uh, you know, uh, I've got to say, with Sam Stoza on her way out and now playing a last Australian Open, I thought it was a long way back for Aussie women. I can't believe now we've got a woman who suddenly won three Grand Slam titles. Like I find that it seems to have happened overnight that Ash has burst on the scene. But let's not forget, she was a child prodigy, yep. walked away from the sport, and now 
Yeah. Like, gee, I tell you, you've, you've got to thank her doubles partner for her coming back, Casey Delacqua, and being better than ever. Yeah, that's it, Steve. And at like 25 years old, when you think about it, if she wants, like if she's got the motivation and the desire, she could have another seven, eight, nine years worth of tennis. Like she's holy, been pretty much holy. injury-free. I mean, that's the key, yeah. I think. But if she keeps motivated, stays motivated, she's got a long, long career ahead of her. Mate, I've got to say, I look at her game, right? And, you know, you think about Serena Williams, it was all about power and what have you. She just seems to have this well-balanced game. Her slice is obviously very, very good. In well, fact, it they, turns on a right angle. They describe it as probably the best in world tennis, male or female. Imagine right? Mike Gatting trying to play that. Yeah, yeah correct. Um, <laughs> you know what? Not only is her game so well-rounded, it's that she is mentally stronger than any other player out there at the moment. And it seems to be one of her biggest advantages. And her team have done an amazing job to get at this point. And she makes reference to that. And I heard her um, in uh, answering some questions time and time again. And it was never about her performance. It was always about we. And I love that about her mm, and yeah. how important that is. The Australian Open was sensational. Yep. There was so much action. And I've got to tell you, the success of the Australians was absolutely brilliant. It kept us ca- uh, captivated uh, throughout the whole tournament. And, you know, we haven't touched on the the special cage yet either, but that performance by Ash Barty, Dave, was, you know, phenomenal. And I, and I just look at it, and I, and I can't see any reason why she won't continue to dominate women's tennis for, well, at least this year anyway. Hey, by the way, for our audience who may not know David Hall, uh, grew up here on the Central Coast, uh, Budgie Woy. In fact, I've been pushing for a statue up there. Yep. David, gold medalist in the Paralympics <laughs> in Sydney in 2000, won every tournament there was to win, including the US Open. He won the British Open, won the Japan Open, I think, eight times. Mate, Just incredible. He's the well, the, he's the Dylan Orcott, Orcott from 20 years ago. Yeah, but I, I think... But maybe better. Uh, he's better. Yeah, he, yeah, he's okay. the GOAT. Yeah, yeah, well... No doubt about it. And, and unfortunately, Dave, I know that the... You know, we're constantly seeing now the elevation of um, uh, disabled athletes and, 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 you know, justifiably so. But, mate, it, it's hard to not get caught up in your achievements and how good they were. Well, I think uh, it's a great question, and we'll go to Dave for his answer in a second, but David, Louise Sauvage, yes. Kurt Fernley, mm. you paid the way, my 100%. friend. 100%. Well, thanks for that, guys. No, I do appreciate that. It was, look, we, I think, you know, when you're an athlete, you just, you love competing. I, for me, I love my era because I think wheelchair tennis was just going through a lot of transitional change. It was moving from a recreational sport into the professional level. And, and I had 15 years of traveling the world, trying to reach goals, chasing goals. Um, you know, my dreams did come true, you know, winning gold medals, winning US Opens and, and Australian Opens and, and getting to number one. And I think I just love the history of wheelchair tennis. And I think it's important for today's athletes to recognize the athletes and the players that have come before them. And I think, look, tennis in general does a great job of that. I think the current you know, you look at the, the Federers and the Raffers and those kind of players, they have reverence for the players that have come from the past. And I think that's, that's important because without those players from the past, there wouldn't have been that, that path that, that's been laid. So I think 
So I think that's a big a big thing for current athletes to kind of have that that kind of reverence. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the other person that paved the way, in my opinion, is Liesl Tesh, seven-time Paralympian in two sports, wheelchair basketball and also sailing, where she won two gold medals in London and also Rio in 2016. David, critical question for you here. Medvedev, on the verge of winning his second Grand Slam. He's got form in terms of these temper tantrums and fighting with the crowd. He's done that overseas. So what we saw in Australia was just a carbon copy of what he's done previously. I guess maybe trying to pump himself up where he has these running battles not just with the crowd, but also with the, with the umpire of the match. How much does it hurt him psychologically that he couldn't get over the line against Rafa? It's a fine line, isn't it? Because you've got this energy built up inside you. You're in the pressure of the moment, a Grand Slam final, and, and you're trying to get yourself over the line. You're trying to use that energy for good. And sometimes you can it, it's misdirected. And, and I think... Whether it just takes you out of the moment or you just can't quite get over the line. Look, I think last year at the US Open, when he beat Novak, I think Novak was just worn out. Like, mm-hmm. all that pressure, he'd done so much winning during the year, trying to chase the, the calendar year Grand Slam. And I think if you have one of the greatest players of all time, such as Rafa, on the other side of the net, and you, and you just can't quite put him away, those kind of guys are just going to keep coming back and coming back and coming back. And I think, look, sometimes within these five and a half hour long matches, there's just these little five minute periods where if you just don't quite play your best tennis, the guy on the other side of the net can make a run, get a break, win a set, and that completely changes the momentum. And I think that's what, that's what Rafa did. But look, Medvedev is a world-class player number two in the world. I I think he will win more slams, but it's just a matter of directing all that energy that can be used for bad, trying to shift that into those those five-minute critical times where he can get himself over the line. Dave, it's hard to argue, you know, with the likes of Rafa, Federer and Novak that probably the last 10, 12 15 years has probably been the greatest or most dominant era in men's tennis amongst three players, right? Um, where does I, I know his position now with 21 grand slams. Where do you see Rafa sitting amongst those other two guys, Novak and Roger? And I say that because he has been so dominant at the French Open. I think it's nine titles. But 13. 13. Well, that's ridiculous. 13. Yeah. Wow. Nine yeah. was ridiculous, but 13 is unbelievable. Right, where does he sit compared <laughs> to these guys? You know, if you, if you had to rank them, and I'd like you to do so, and I'm putting a lot of pressure on you, how would you rank them based on what you've seen over the last 12, 13, 15 years? I think Federer, just in the way he plays, the, mm-hmm. the class, the way he glides around the court, you could say it is a classical style. Look, if someone was to say Federer is the greatest ever, I, you couldn't argue with that, even though when it all is said and done, he might not actually end up with the most slams. Yep. In fact, he, odds are he probably won't. Mm-hmm. But just in terms of pure talent and skill, I think you could say Federer is the greatest ever. But yep. I, said, I said last week, Rafa is like the guy that the mafia gets to go around and get the protection money 
from uh, all the businesses. You know, he's the bull. He's the heavy. Like, he's the guy. He's a lot like Leighton, I think, in some ways. He's the guy that if you want one guy playing for, for one your match, life. playing for your life, yep. you want Rafa. Because he will run through a brick wall. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Novak, who is... Uh, he's grit. He's dirty. He's, he's willing to get down and use that, that energy I was talking about Medvedev with, he can kind of direct it a little bit better. And he, you got to respect Novak because a lot of other players were beaten in the locker room before they, they played Fed or Rafa, but not Novak. He was, I'm going to stand up to these guys. I know I'm a world-class player. I won the Australian Open back in 2008. I know I've got the ability to go on this multiple slam run. But look, I think if you're a Rafa fan right now, You'd be you'd be pretty happy because no one knows if Federer is going to come back. Like yep. his, his doctors have said, you can't run right now. You can't put load on your knee. And then you've got Novak. Like with the whole vaccination situation, you know, you just don't know what France are going to do, what the UK, the US, like what's going to happen. There's just a lot of question marks around those other two. So I think when it's all said and done, Rafa at the moment is looking pretty good to end up with that that Grand Slam record. Yeah, we've just got a couple of minutes left here, Dave. Uh, We just saw a beautiful approach shot from a young lady from probably about 30 or 40 metres off the green, and she's pin high to the right-hand side and uh, got an unlucky bounce, in my opinion. Could have been even closer to the flag. Hey, uh, we've just got a roll in this audio. You mentioned about humble champions earlier. This is Kyrgios after his doubles win. I would say that we've created probably the best atmosphere that this tournament's ever seen. Um, to be brutally honest with you. Um, Ash's father came to us and said the crowd was the best he's ever seen. And obviously Ash is a hell of a player, but I think the ratings speak for themselves. People watch my matches. Every, everywhere I play around the world, the stadiums are full for, what, for that reason. So I don't think those people that are screaming out four points are produced from us. That's not nothing to do with us, to be honest. Um, but there's a reason why the, the ratings are the way they are and people are glued to the TV when we play. So... Um, speaks for itself, really. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Kyrgios and Kokonakis, uh, winners against Ebden and Max Purcell from the Central Coast. Boy, listen. Seven, five, six, four. Hawley, Hawley, Hawley. <laughs> Can somebody bake him a piece of humble pie, actually a big bloody humble pie, and get him to eat it? In fact, I think you need to force feed it down his throat, right? Because, you know, that sort of crap, right? Seriously, that sort of crap he doesn't need to say, right? Just... <laughs> be humble a little bit more humble because ultimately you know what he's got a lot of talent there's no doubt about that what they did and what they brought to the tournament was fantastic but don't be a yeah yeah D-H. Hawley you don't even have to answer no. mate uh, let's wrap it up there great to have you on the show my friend <laughs> standing ovation yeah, outstanding Hawley we love having you on mate you're outstanding what a legend uh, great to have you mate we'll talk soon thanks boys T- take care see you later yeah we'll definitely talk to him because yeah. Uh, I think we're going to manage him from here on in. We might get a little cut. He is yeah, the yeah. best in the business.